Thank you for joining us for our Renewal City Church podcast. If you're looking for ways to get involved, join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Roxy Theater in Longview. Or find us online at rcclongview.org. We hope you're blessed and that this message finds you well. So you could mark your calendars. uh, On September 11th, we're going to have kind of a kickoff Sunday in the fall to highlight uh, just different ministries and ways for you to plug in and get a little more connected. And then on the week after that, September 18th, we'll be kind of rolling back to church as normal. So we'll have the full kids program going upstairs and, and, um, and, uh, and a, you know, some real hard-hitting, amazing sermons down here, I'm sure. Uh, so, uh, yeah, anticipate that. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I had the privilege of getting to, to get away to Mount Adams for a couple of days with Laura this last week. And um, it was in celebration of my 40th birthday. I know, hard to believe, right? Um, and, uh, you know, 40s kind of hit me a little harder than some of the other numbers have. And I, I'm not sure if it's uh, kind of a lot of the personal work I was doing while I was on a sabbatical last year and just being a little more in touch with my emotions and myself, being more integrated as a person. But I've been a little emotional over uh, my mortality uh, on this birthday. Uh, but anyhow, I, uh, Laura and I went, decided we were going to go on a hike. So when I was a kid, my grandparents would camp host at Taklak Lake. Does anyone know where that is? Out in the Gifford Pinchot. And uh, they would camp host out there, and my family would go out and stay with them while they camp hosted and, and have adventures. And there's a hilltop near there called Council Bluff. I guess technically it's a bluff. And, uh, and we would hike up Council Bluff, and you have a pretty good view, pretty good view up there. And so I was telling Laura, I, w- I would love to, you know, go to Taklak and hike up Council Bluff. And she was game for that idea. And I sold her on the hike telling her, look, when I was like 10 years old, we actually went to the trailhead one night with our sleeping bags and pillows. And we hiked up the thing carrying all of our stuff and stayed the night, like slept through the night under the stars on top of Council Bluff. This is like a significant childhood memory of mine. And and so, I, you know, she's asking how hard the hike is. And I'm like, well, I did it when I was 10, carrying my sleeping bag and pillow. It, it can't be that hard. And, uh, and so as we're pulling up there, I have the realization for, I think, the, almost the first time in my life that I, we're driving up to Council Lake, which is where the trailhead is. And I'm looking at the lake, and I, I, I have not been here in 30 years, you know. So that feels like a long time. I know some of you, maybe 30 years feels like a blink of an eye, but when you look at something, you're like, man, 30 years ago. I, to put it in perspective, I was like, that means the last time I was here, if someone was there that day saying, I haven't been here in 30 years, it would have been like during the civil rights movement, you know, ancient history, right? And so um, things aren't looking like they'd looked 30 years ago. One thing that's not looking the same is that, uh, man, we're walking uphill for a really long time. And I'm feeling a little nervous because my credibility is at stake here because this may have happened a time or two before where a hike kind of evolves as, you know, as my family and I are going on the hike. It's a little longer than I thought. It's a little steeper than I thought. It's a little worse than I thought. Um, And this is really turning into another one of those hikes. And so I have this realization that uh, the first mile, almost mile, 1.3 miles of the hike is going up this old road. And 30 years ago, guess what? You just drove a car up that road. So the whole hike is only about a mile and a half. 
And so you get 1.3 miles up this gravel road, and there's a little clearing area that used to be a small parking lot. And then you only hike like a quarter mile to the top, to the top of Council Bluff. So, uh, so anyways, it was a great adventure. And when we realized what had happened, we had a great laugh, and we got a good workout. So, um, yeah, because, you know, it's, it was a little bit more strenuous than I, when I was a kid. Anyhow, uh, sometimes trails are like that. You set out on a trail, and it just doesn't quite pan out how you think it will. And you don't... You don't anticipate that what you've gotten yourself into is what you've now gotten yourself into. And, uh, and this can be a point of contention if you're with your hiking buddies. Sometimes it's a point of contention just in planning or deciding. You know, do you, do you want to go the scenic route or do you want to go the freeway? Uh, we drive back to Minnesota uh, you, about once a summer. I mean, we've missed a couple of summers through COVID. But we drive back pretty often. And this one time, I remember trying to talk my family into driving highways all the way. I was like, it'll be so great because the freeway is kind of boring, right? But highways meander around and you see the country and you go through these little towns. And, and of course, when you looked at how much time that added to an already really long trip, we, we drove the freeways and it was fine. But, but there can be a debate, like which way do we want to go? Um, I think sometimes walking with Jesus is a little bit like going on a hike with James Dieter. You just don't know what you're going to get. I didn't think about how fitting this sermon is for the Sunday before we have our men's hike. Um, Good news, I didn't plan any of that, so it should be great. Um, But you end up with all kinds of different things happening on the trail that you didn't expect. I think as we've talked about Jesus' followers and the disciples that he's called, even who he called was sort of an unexpected twist in the story at times. And as we follow the narrative of Jesus walking with his disciples through the scriptures, we see stories of triumph and stories of defeat. We see stories of failure. We see stories of success. And there's kind of all these twists and turns in the trail. Um, really, walking with Jesus is a lot like a winding trail. Um, and when I think of a winding trail and I think of like uh, switchbacks, right, going up a hill, uh, I know for me the thought that comes to my mind is the temptation to want to take shortcuts. Uh, I mean, I, I was hiking Saddle Mountain one time. How many of you have hiked Saddle Mountain? That is a pretty strenuous three-and-a-half-mile hike, so, and probably more than that because I think the road's close to that as well, so you'd have to hike in like eight miles. Uh, but anyhow, um, I was, I'd gone up Saddle Mountain, and I was coming back down. I think it was like a men's retreat or something, and I'm, I'm running down the trail because um, I'm in a hurry. I don't know why. I was in a hurry a lot when I was younger. And, and I'm, now I'm seeing shortcuts. And so I'm running down the shortcuts. And it's pretty steep, and it's a little dangerous. And at one point, I slip a little bit on the shortcut. And, uh, and I gathered myself. You know, I didn't fall or hurt myself, but I, I caught myself. But here I am, like, skidding and slipping down the mountain. And this woman is hiking up, and she reprimands me sternly <laughs> for taking a shortcut and for running on a dangerous trail. And I don't think I've ever told anyone this story. <laughs> and and uh, I'm, t- I'm tempted by shortcuts. Now, I'm also a rule follower, and so if a shortcut has, like, a log laid across it by, you know, a forest service or a good-hearted volunteer, then usually I won't trespass in that way. But when you see the switchbacks, it just feels more efficient to take a shortcut. And I think especially in our society today and this whole idea of following Jesus, and this is, this is like a lifelong journey. This is something that's going on for a very long time. 
at times we might feel like we would make a lot more progress if there was some way to take a shortcut, if there was some way to get there sooner, to get there faster. Um, the reality is, is that there are no real shortcuts, that it, it is a lifelong journey, and that every step that you take and everything that happens, God uses to shape you and is important for your growth, and there's no way to, uh, there's no shortcuts to maturity. Um, I would imagine that if one of Jesus' followers were here today, that they would be able to give us some more insight into that. But if one of them were, if, if, wait a minute, one of them seems to be here right now. Oh my goodness. Well, come on up here. <laughs> this is entirely, entirely unexpected. Can someone, can someone get us a chair? Can we get a chair here? This guy looks like he might have had a rough night sleeping in the alley behind Porky's. <laughs> Go ahead, have a seat there. I'll sit over here. Well, this is a real treat. Gosh, you uh, oh, <laughs> brush that out of your face there. All right, <clears throat> sorry, I, I've got to get to my place. Well, hello there. Which one of Jesus' first followers are you? I'm Simon, son of Jonah, but the Lord named me Peter. Oh, Peter, you have a very holy-sounding voice there. <laughs> I don't know, let me tweak that a little bit. Uh, wait, you're Peter. Why, only a few weeks ago we had a visit from a Peter... He didn't look anything like you. What? I, I don't know what to say. That other Peter must have been an imposter Peter, not a true Peter at all. An imposter Peter? These are high accusations indeed. How will we ever know? Well, did you happen to notice that that other Peter had a fake beard? You know... Not, not, not as long and lustrous as mine. Perhaps. Yes, you know... Now that you mention it, my keen eye did notice his beard slipping off his face while he was talking. I think it was a fake beard. Well, let me let you in on a little secret that only we true Peters know. There are a lot of Mikes out there who secretly wish they were Peters and are often known to masquerade about as such with fake beards and hillbilly accents. Well, you don't say. You know, I do remember some of the kids saying that they thought that other Peter was a Mike. I remember some of them saying that. You know, I think these kids are smarter than we think they are. You think it was a Mike? All right. Well, whatever the case, I can assure you that my real name is Peter, and I'm here to help you on your journey following Jesus. Well, could you tell us a little bit about your journey following Jesus? I mean, you're the Apostle Peter. You're, you're a pretty big deal. You must have stood out to Jesus right from the start. I definitely stood out, but for all the wrong reasons. First, I started following Jesus. I was so consumed with insecurity and self-doubt that I tried to compensate by being the loudest mouth in the room and bullying my way through life. Being such a loud mouth, there's often a pretty large gap between what I would say and what I wanted to do and what I was actually willing to commit to. There's a gap between who I claim to be, who I projected myself as, and who I actually was on the inside. You know, 
that's something that I think a lot of Jesus' followers wrestle with. This, this idea that it's not easy to actually be who we would like to be or who we believe God has made us to be. I feel like our identities are constantly under assault by the brokenness of our world. Yeah, there are times when I wondered if I was even on the right path or if Jesus would still want me around. There was this moment just a little before his death when he was talking about his pending arrest and crucifixion, and I kept insisting that I'd stay by his side no matter what. He interrupted one of my proclamations of devotion to say that before the night was true, I would deny him three times. Honestly, I think I was trying to convince myself of my own loyalty with my claims, especially because the prospect of an arrest by the Roman army terrified me. You were afraid? But... But weren't you the only one who bravely fought back when, the, when Jesus was arrested? Yeah, I bravely struck a servant and one of the priests with my sword. In my experience, people swinging around swords are usually the most scared of everyone. Jesus told me to stop, healed the servant, and I spent the next few hours insisting to anyone who asked that I had no idea who Jesus was. When he died, alone and betrayed, we were all so confused and sad. He never expected this kind of turn in our journey, and we had no idea what to do next. Yeah, I can't imagine that. That must have been really hard to watch him die and to feel like you'd abandoned him in his time of need and to live in such uncertainty and confusion. That must have been really hard. It was, but God didn't leave us hanging for too long. In another unexpected turn in the trail, Jesus rose from the grave and appeared to us and empowered us with his Holy Spirit to be witnesses to his gospel to the ends of the earth. Instead of fearfully swinging my sword and denying knowing him, I healed people and restored people by the power of his name and proclaimed Christ as Lord of all the earth, despite constant threats of imprisonment, beatings, and even death at the hands of the Romans. Wow, that is an unexpected turn and quite a change from who you were. Walking with Jesus has a way of changing people. The trail might take a lot of twists and turns, but the destination is the same for everyone who sticks to the way. A life immersed in the life of Jesus, my friend Paul once said, that we gaze upon Christ and contemplate his image, we are transformed into that very image from glory to glory. In other words, the longer you walk with Jesus, the more like him be you become. Wow, your friend Paul sounds like a wise man. Well, Jesus really changed his life as well, but the path took years of ups and downs, twists and turns too. You know, the thing about the truth, the longer that you walk with Jesus, the more you look like him, is that there are no shortcuts to the longer part. Jesus uses the ups and downs of the trail to help shape us and form us to who, into who he de designed us to be, and all this takes time. My encouragement to Jesus, his followers today, would be that you don't give up on the journey. No matter what the trail ahead of you holds around the next bend, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep walking with him. He is the destination. His life is at the end of the trail, so as long as you're walking with him, you can't fail to get there. Well, thanks, Peter. That is really good advice that I think we can all take to heart. I truly hope that you do. Thanks for letting me come and share with you today. Well, the pleasure was all ours. Well, there you have it, straight from the words of the Apostle himself. You know, the Apostle Peter's story, it really is a lot like all of Jesus' followers' stories. It's a story of change. It's a story of growth. It's a story of incredible personal transformation. 
I know as I've reflected back on the, we've been doing renewal for about nine and a half years, and as, re, as I've reflected back on those years, as we come up on a decade uh, in 2023, I so often am pleasantly reflecting on all the change and growth in my life and in the lives of people that I've gotten to walk with for a long time. Like I, I look around the room and it's like, oh man, you guys are not the same people that you were <laughs> you know, nine and a half years ago when we started, or seven or five or three years ago when you joined us. There is growth happening. And maybe when you, like when you measure the growth of a child who's growing, if you measure it day by day, it doesn't seem like much. But when you run into a kid who the last time you saw them, they were 10 and now they're 12, it's like, oh my goodness, you're not the same person. You hardly recognize them. And I think that's a lot of how the growth happens inside of us. We might not feel like day by day or month by month there's a lot of change happening, but when we start to look back and reflect, we can see how far on the journey uh, God continues to carry us. There was this point early on in Jesus' ministry where he went into the synagogue one day and he chose a specific passage from Isaiah to read. And this was early on in his ministry, and in some ways he was setting the stage for this is what I'm going to be all about. And so he enters the synagogue, he opens the scroll of Isaiah to chapter 61, and he begins reading and he says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for the captives and to release from darkness and the release from darkness for the prisoners. Also to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion. Jesus is talking about his ministry and he's setting the stage saying, This ministry is going to transform the reality of my people. And in verse 3, we get to read about all of these transformed realities. He's going to provide for those who grieve in Zion. He's going to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. He'll give them the oil of joy instead of mourning. And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. I really believe that these are the kinds of things that God is looking to accomplish in humanity. This is why Jesus came, to transform us, to change us. And the road to those kinds of transformations might look really different in in all of our lives. You might experience God's presence a little differently. You might be walking on the trail and Jesus leads you left at the fork when he leads another one of his followers right at the fork. The trail might take all different paths, but we really know that at the end of the trail, it's this kind of transformation, which is what happens when God's people, when God's creation are brought in proximity to God. We know that the destination for each of us is participating in the life of Christ in this way, where it changes us. We're people who are destined to have our brokenness, all the things inside of us, that everything that's broken from the, the ways that we process the world around us that shouldn't be processed that way, the, the hurts or the things that have been done to us, the brokenness manifested in the things that we do to other people, the brokenness is destined to be bound up 
by the one who has come to save us all. He set us free so that darkness no longer has a hold on us. I don't think it's a mistake that darkness and imprisonment are in the same lines in that, in that prophecy from Isaiah. This idea that it's not just dark because it's night, but it's like darkness has a hold of you. You're a captive of it. Of course, the Apostle John wrote to the church and said to walk in the light. And when we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another. The people of God are destined to be set free from darkness and to walk in the light of God. I know I've talked about it before, but there's a story when Adam and Eve first fall in the garden and they hear the sound of God walking in the garden after they've disobeyed him and they're afraid and so they hide because they believe that he is coming to judge and and to condemn, perhaps to wipe them out, right? This is the first time they've crossed God. They don't know what to expect. And yet the testimony of Isaiah is that God has come to bring comfort to the people. And so bring your ashes and receive beauty. Bring your burned up and consumed mess. There's nothing left of it. It's all squandered and receive beauty from God. As you come in mourning, be encouraged that you will be clothed in praise and joy. As you bring despair, as you bring your hopelessness, be prepared to be planted by the very hand of God and to take root like an oak of righteousness. I don't know exactly what that is, but I I imagine these mighty oaks of righteousness. That sounds pretty cool. That sounds pretty great. I'm not picturing like a little sapling growing somewhere. I'm picturing like the huge oak trees of uh, righteousness. I was going to say oak trees by the lake, but I'm not entirely certain there are oak trees over there. I'm pretty sure there's probably one. Next time you're walking the lake, read all the signs on the trees and see the oak. I'm sure it's big and glorious. (laughs) This is how God has created us. This is what God has created us for. This is the trail that He is walking us on right now. And so, even in your life, when the trail takes an unexpected turn, or when the trail seems to be going down and you think it should be going up, or when it seems to be going up and you're just wondering, when is it finally going to be going down? I'm tired of going up. Um, be encouraged that as long as you're walking next to Jesus, as long as you have His image in view, as long as you're Uh, as the Apostle Paul said, contemplating the glory of his face, looking deep into who he is. Uh, If you're next to him on the trail, don't worry about what it's doing. Just keep walking with him because the destination is the same. The life of Christ and you are going to get there. One of the, um, well, I'll, I'll pray and then we'll segue into something else. So, Lord, we thank you that you are with us on the trail I pray especially those who are walking and feel as if their trail has taken an unexpected twist or turn. Maybe something in their life has happened that wasn't anticipated. Maybe something in their life is happening that they just wish it wasn't happening. And and Lord, I pray that for them especially, you would be so near. I pray for those who are walking on the trail and things are going so good, they could just be coasting and cruising and not even aware of what's around them. And we ask, Holy Spirit, you would... You would uh, speak to their hearts and you would draw their attention to you and you would draw their focus to anything that they might need to be aware of. Don't let us fall into complacency. Uh, Don't let us fall uh, into sin and uh, help us to continue to walk with you hand in hand. In Jesus' name, amen.